0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. I haven't done that in a very long time. Uh, I guess I'm the PA announcer right now for, for <laughs> Locked on Bucks because the real host is, is actually here. So, uh, Kane, you can take it from there. I
1: just you, you said I should give the people what they want, so I tried to give the people what they want. Well, I've been trying to get you on this pod for a little while here, and I did say to you a few weeks ago, I said, when Episode 1000 comes up, we're going to do it. You're going to come on the pod, and we kind of did tease on Friday's show that we were going to do this over the weekend, and Frank was going to be here, but I have to take the blame for that. Work got in the way, (laughs) uh, but you didn't get away with it, so you're still here and yeah, I, I said to you just before we started recording, you can bring us in. You originally said no way. I said uh, yes way and, and here we are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to have you back on. And a thousand episodes, we were talking about it before we started recording. I mean, a thousand, it, it's far too much time talking about the Milwaukee Bucks over the last four or five years, however long it's been, but this show has become a bit of a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a place for Bucks fans to have a little bit of therapy, I think, in the bad times to to let off some steam. Certainly, Frank and I have done that, and you did that as well. But a thousand—that's—it's it's a big milestone. No, man, it's kind of crazy to think about um,
0: because, like, we would have started before the very best of times. Like, you know, <laughs> we're sitting here talking about Jason Kidd. We're talking about Sean Sweeney and his defense and, you know, like it kind of started that way. And I just remember like when we were like recording our first episodes and, you know, like uh, with any podcast, you have all the stats and you can kind of see, you know, how many people are listening, or whatever. And like, we did the first one and, you know, Frank and I were like, Oh, you know, did we get like a hundred people? Like, I don't know. And he was, and then it was like a couple hundred people and it was like, Oh, okay, like there's actually, you know, demand for this. And I mean, it's kind of crazy. I, I asked you before, I was like, okay, so we're at a thousand. How many did I do in, I think you informed me that I did like 650, which is insane. That is an insane number of podcast episodes to do. Obviously, I think you've done 350, somewhere around there. Um, you might have the exact numbers, but like that is just it's crazy to think about. And obviously like I'm super happy that one, it's still going, two, it's still super popular. And three, that you're the one that gets to like kind of run the show. Because when I when I was leaving and handing it off, it was kind of like, All right, I need to find someone that I trust, that Bucks fans trust, that Bucks fans will like. And obviously like it worked out that, that we could hand it off to you. And uh, obviously you still have Frank around, which is nice. The, the old geezer sitting out on the porch in his rocking chair, uh, (laughs) like the, the OG of bucks bloggerdom. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it makes me very happy that, you know, we have reached a thousand. Um, even if you, you know, you still got to get your numbers up to try to get to where I'm at, but,
1: uh, I'm happy we got to a thousand. Well, I still remember the phone call, and I remember you tipped me off. So, the first episode that I actually did when it was uh, when I was taking over as host, and it was me, yourself, and Frank sort of introduced me back in, even though we'd done a few, uh, let's say, memorable episodes uh, during the season before as well. But I, you asked me if I wanted to do it. I said I did, but I was a little bit anxious about taking over for that reason that you do understand that this is something that is a daily routine for people and it's so weird to think right. about and it and it's in some ways it's uncomfortable to think that that's what that's what people do after a Bucks game or the day after a, a Bucks game but I remember David Locke rang me and uh you know this uh, David Locke's isn't he can be an intense man and he was yes like well are can. you going to are you going to keep the audience and I said I don't know I said I think so I hope I'll be able to do it but it's it's definitely been fun <laughs> Uh, over the last uh, year and a bit that I've been doing it. And uh, fortunately, yes, as you mentioned, we've had a pretty good era here where the Bucks have won the majority of their games. But the one question I wanted to ask you, because I mentioned to Frank when the Drew Holiday trade went down and then the the following Bogdanovich, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what you want to call it, the Bogdanovich mess that followed that, I said to Frank on the show, I said, this might be the craziest week I've had Uh, since I took over the podcast (laughs) and I said, where does this rank for you? And I, he gave me his answer, but I'm just wondering what would be your answer to that? What would have been the craziest thing that went down when you guys were podcasting?
0: Oh, wow. That's a really good, that's interesting. Um, I would say to me, the, the week of hiring John Horst stands out to me (laughs) and, and I don't know if that was Frank's answer, but, um, it was, by the it, way. <laughs> like to me, that one was just crazy because that was obviously near the beginning of my time. And I shouldn't say my time as like a reporter, but like obviously I was actually like starting to report stuff. I report like I think, you know, me and like Woj tweeted out that Horst was gonna be the general manager. And I think like 20 minutes later, like my story was on ESPN. Uh, on ESPN Wisconsin so like I, I was in the middle of it and me and Frank as well were just like in the middle of you know like we were doing some some like real reporting where we were like hearing stuff and everything just kind of changed by the minute and You know you have the succession planned with justin zanuck and then all of a sudden there isn't and then all of a sudden there's an interview with john horst and a day later he's hired and like it's just it was just total insanity um i think if if i was still doing the podcast during the drew bogdanovich stuff i think it would have been the same way uh because i mean i and I'm very proud of a lot of the reporting we've done at the athletic over the last year in regards to the bucks, like all of the, the Yana saga and and kind of how all of that went down. And obviously he's still with the Bucks, and he signed with the Bucks, and that there wasn't some insanity there, but like I was really proud of our reporting on the Bogdanovich deal and kind of all that. And that would have been the same level of crazy, like because it changed by the hour where you just didn't know what was happening next? Um, You know, like all of a sudden they're, they're buying a second round pick to go with it. And then the whole deal falls apart and then they're not buying that second round pick. And then, you know, you have him coming and then he's all the way out, but then maybe there's still a chance that Bogdanovich could come. And then, you know, you're trying to figure out, was he awake when it happened? Was he sleeping? Like, was Giannis awake? Were they talking? Like, all of that stuff was just, was just crazy. And I think the, the fact that you had to add in that it was international maybe makes it a little <laughs> bit crazier, like at least with the horse stuff. Like it was all either New York or Milwaukee where stuff was happening. But there it was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Bogdan was in Belgrade and Giannis was in Greece. And you're just trying to figure out where any of this is going. So, um, yeah, the, the horse GM stuff feels like the other like real memorable, crazy time uh, that I can't even imagine hosting this podcast during the Bogdanovich stop this year.
1: Well, the best thing about it was we did the emergency pod straight away for Drew Holiday. We were fired up. We were pumped up. This is an exciting mm-hmm. move that the Bucks have made. This is, this is something that gets you excited about potentially you know, being a better uh, ready-made playoff team, certainly with some of the struggles that they've had. And then we signed off. And then the Bogdanovich tweet <laughs> comes out, and I wasn't going to do a podcast. But the next morning, one of the, this this is one of the funniest lockdown episodes that's still just out there. Uh, a full episode with Matt George from Lockdown Kings talking about how Bogdanovich. <laughs> is going to improve the Bucs this season. Uh, Matt George was very complimentary of Bogdanovich and how he's going to improve this Bucs team. And then uh, 24 hours after that, that's, uh, that episode was completely redundant. But if you didn't listen to that, you can go back and check that out. Uh, you know, whatever. We've moved on. We've moved on from that. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, and, and I um, obviously being over here in Australia and then covering games with you for that season, I certainly didn't listen to every episode of Locked On Bucks, but I don't know why this sticks with me. There was one episode that I did watch, and it was during the Boston series back when, uh, what year must that have been? 2018, when the Bucks lost in seven games and I don't know why this sticks with me, but I just remember Frank uh, going on for a few minutes, as he can do from time to time, and he was talking about Eric Bledsoe, and it's like, you know, it's a bit of a shame that Eric Bledsoe hasn't played too well in these first two games, but, you know, you just got to cross your fingers and hope that uh, he turns it around, and then two years later, uh, didn't quite turn it around, so he was traded out in this Drew Holiday deal. So, unfortunate.
0: Yeah, man. It, it's, it's, it's so funny to think back of you know, just the idea of winning a playoff series, like when we first started this podcast, it was like, oh, you know, can they get over the, can they get over the hump and, you know, win a playoff series? And now it's like, if I would say that right now, Bucks fans would throw me off this podcast and be like, <laughs> win a playoff series? Are you, no, we're trying to win a championship. And it's just kind of crazy to think through that, like, because i did that every day for however many years it was uh and now you're doing it every day like you get the idea of just like i think you can get lost in the new normal where it's just like oh yeah like of course i'm furious about you know the bucks not incorporating drew holiday enough uh on defense <laughs> or you know like whatever it may be like just this like small thing and then like if you if you would listen to one of the first 100 episodes it would be like us talking about the defense and the scheme and how it's broken and how jason kidd isn't a very good coach and like the it's just worlds apart but Because you do it every day, you just kind of get lost in like, yep, this is like the next thing that we're talking about. And this is totally normal. And there's no like real true like delineation between like, oh, yeah, these were rough times. And these are great times. And you just kind of get caught up in in doing this and trying to give your analysis. And I mean, that's why it's great. Like, it's so cool that, you know, you can talk to fans in that same way um, and talk to them as often as you do. Um, but at the same time, it is kind of weird that you can just kind of get lost in this in this world of recording a podcast every day.
1: Well, uh, as we move on to tonight's game, it's pretty fitting that you've brought that up because just another ho-hum, 129-115 win for the Bucks Again, uh, winning these games it's kind of just unsatisfying because they show up, you expect that they're going to win. There's the only uh, possible result that can shock you is complete disaster if they lose a game that they are supposed to win, and that does become the norm, particularly when they've won as many games as they have over the last season, uh, last few seasons. But the Bucks 10 and 6 now. We're going to talk about this in a second, but uh, I, I know Frank, I mentioned this, Frank was uh, yeah, really in support of the Bilt Bars the other day in, in the DMs. Did he convince you to get an order of Bilt Bar?
0: Honestly, I think I need to hear what the deal is because I know if this is, you know, if this is a lockdown podcast, there's some sort of deal and I'm pretty sure the deal is going to hook me because Frank was, to his credit, I mean, I I don't know if I'm the target audience in, you know, our group chat that we have, but like
1: he kind of read
0: through it and I was like, all right, yeah, I think I will. And I'm kind of sad that I'm not on the road more often because that would be a perfect, let's throw it in the backpack. And, oh, you forgot to sleep last night and you're about to get on a red eye and you're kind of hungry. Oh, here you go. So I'm excited to hear
1: more. Well, you're a true pro, Eric. That's an unbelievable setup right there. And it's funny you mention that, though, because Justin Garcia, who's on this show regularly, he's been getting stuck into them at the arena. And you know this, Eric, when you're traveling around, when you're flying to these arenas, it's, it's tough to eat healthy. It's, it's just hard to do that. You're hard to hard to keep your, your diet on track. But the good thing about Built Bars is they are great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for those on the keto diet and the deal you are after. It is pretty good. You go to builtbar.com and use the promo code On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code On for 20% off at builtbar.com. Yeah, you've convinced me. I'm in. i are going to tell you about one of our brand new shows with our Uh, Friend Peter Bukowski, I won't mention what podcast he's from today, but get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Eric, I, I almost called you Frank there, but Eric, I think there's only one place to start today's game analysis with. That's the Tory Craig siren. <laughs> Tory, Craig. <laughs> Tory Craig is in the rotation. I've been waiting to bust that out for the last few weeks. Uh, we've been asking Bud about it multiple times. The fans have been—they've been in a fever asking about uh, Tory Craig, wondering when he was going to get his chance. Uh, he did come off the bench early in the first quarter, played 13 minutes. Uh, you nothing—nothing know, nothing particularly noteworthy from the box score: four points, two rebounds two assists still there as well. But I will say this, the one thing that I I noticed from Torrey Craig when he's out there, and it should come to no surprise that anyone who's watched him in Denver, uh, he's an NBA player. He made NBA plays, nothing too crazy. He did have a couple of nice passes in there as well. But considering that he hadn't really been on the floor for weeks, and even then it was very minimal, uh, he just fit in. He just came in and did what he needed to do.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, you know, it it was just kind of interesting to watch the... (sighs) The Tory Craig saga, I suppose, <laughs> um, kind of kind of go through because, you know, one of the things that I was doing when I was working on the story about like the Bucks' new offense was I was watching clips from like previous years, and, you know, I was watching. I think it was like Bucks Sixers end of the first Bud season, and it was like, oh, Sterling Brown is in a lot of these clips. <laughs> oh he played 30 minutes that night. Huh. Okay. Or, you know, you just watch like another game and you just see random people that you're like, Oh yeah, that person was in the rotation or, Oh yeah, that person wasn't in the rotation. And, you know, I think one thing that we've seen throughout kind of Mike Budenholzer's couple of years here in Milwaukee is that there's, there's going to be wings that, you know, get time. And Bud does like to, you know, go up to 10-ish most of the time in his rotation, sometimes 11. Uh, this year he chopped it down. He's playing like nine, nine and a half, uh, some nights ten. So that's a change. And then on top of it, you know, there's only so many wings to go around. And you look at kind of what they're doing with the the rotation, and you know, you're gonna have a guy like DJ Augustine, he's the backup point guard. Right. Like, He's not going anywhere. He's going to be the backup point guard all season long. Uh, You look at Bobby Portis. He's the backup big. He's going to play no matter what all season long. You look at Bryn Forbes. Maybe you'd argue he shouldn't, but I think he's probably going to have a spot all season long because of the chemistry that he has with Giannis, the way that he shoots the basketball. He's probably going to be in there. So really what it comes down to is that final wing spot And then you look at a guy in Pat Connaughton that I know has drawn the ire of Bucks fans uh, throughout this season, starting with the contract and the off season and then kind of what he, what he does on a night to night basis. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that he does that just makes people mad. But he's shooting around. He was over three tonight, (laughs) uh, but he was shooting around 50% from three. Like if this dude shoot, this is the first heater of Pat Connaughton's career. He has never been on a heater like this before. You don't take a guy out when he's doing what he's doing. So he's always going to be in there. So like it it kind of came down to that spot where it was, you know, the Thanasis' spot. And then, oh, by the way, Thanasis like, didn't actually kind of play for a couple games because uh, they cut, chopped it down all the way to nine, obviously against the Lakers he played. And and maybe that was the final straw. But, again, like, in that game, you know, you have Thanasis make a big block. You have him then go run down to the other end and score. And it honestly always felt like you would see something bad from Thanasis and be like, oh, my gosh, like, why is this guy in the game? And then he would make a play that would be like, oh, okay. Like, that's why he's in the game. Uh, and he, he just – kind of managed to do that but you know i would guess we're kind of in a spot now where this is going to be tory craig's spot and he's healthy i mean healthy ish he's obviously wearing a mask on his face for a broken nose but i think he should be fine there and this is going to be a spot for a little bit and uh a couple nice passes i think it's going to be interesting to see how teams cover him he's a he's a poor shooter um But one of the things that I think you saw from him was that he's a very good cutter. He's got good feel. I think his instincts are pretty good offensively so that even if he doesn't fit into the, Hey, you know, fill this box, stand in this corner, he does enough other stuff that I think he's going to be okay. Offensively. It's just going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of what they do there. And, you know, as Drew Holiday said, after the game, he's a guy that can switch one through five, uh, Drew Holiday sure likes to bring up switching. Um and you you kind of wonder like we've seen these small changes as the year goes on. I think we're seeing more and more adjustments defensively as the year goes on and you know that's kind of one of the appeals of Tory Craig and eventually kind of what does that look like? So, yeah, he's in the rotation. I would guess that's going to be the case now for the next two weeks. That's kind of what Bud likes to do. It's about two weeks if he's trying out a new guy in a rotation. He'll get his two weeks, and if he plays well enough, that'll turn into two more weeks, and maybe that turns into the rest of the season. But uh, I think he's going to get his chance now.
1: Yeah, Tenassis was interesting because, as you sort of pointed to, and we discussed that uh, on this show, his minutes had actually shrunk to he was literally playing five or six minutes per game right. in those last couple of games, didn't play at all against Brooklyn. Maybe it raised some eyebrows that he'd come in in that Lakers game. And if I was going to give the benefit of the doubt to Bud at all, maybe I would say that perhaps he just didn't feel that Tory Craig, given the limited preparation he's had, the fact that he hasn't really even been practicing with this team, maybe he just didn't want to throw him straight into a game against Brooklyn and the Lakers where he's going to be defending LeBron James or Kevin Durant or whoever it <laughs> may be. Maybe he didn't feel comfortable. I'm not sure but he was in the rotation tonight, which was cool to see. And I did want to read out the, the. I mean, you mentioned Drew Holiday about bringing up switching. And, and this is so fascinating to me that when you asked him about uh, Tory Craig coming into the rotation straight away, he said, oh, I loved it. He was a, he was a guy that can switch. <laughs> and it's become like kind of funny. It's been kind of humorous how often Drew Holiday brings up switching. And we've given Bud credit on this show for the fact that he is trying new things and perhaps not uh, adjusting more than what, Boone Holes has certainly been known for. And we've sort of wondered, well, okay, how much of this is Drew Holiday's influence? But the one thing I will say, he's absolutely not afraid to say what he thinks about what this team should be doing defensively, whether it is switching, whether it is telling us that, uh, listen, I keep telling these guys to, to leave me alone. Let me defend one-on-one. I don't want the help. The one thing that I would say about Drew Holiday to this point is his leadership is coming through, particularly defensively. He's confident in his own abilities. And, and Bud said this a couple of weeks ago, to a question asking about Drew Holiday's leadership. He said that he's not necessarily the most vocal of guys, but when he says things, everyone listens. And he said, I I listened to him as well, which was certainly noteworthy. (laughs) Drew Holiday is making his presence felt in the locker room. And I think it has been significant to this point, even if it hasn't been absolutely perfect uh, in execution thus far.
0: Well, I think the one thing that's interesting, just watching the Bucs is, you know, I I circled it after the Mavs game and kind of wrote about it. Um, But, like, the very first switch of the game, they just blow it. Straight up blow it. Dante lets Doncic walk in for the easiest layup he's had of his entire career. And, you know, I had some people on Twitter, like, ask me, like, oh, like, this is switching. Like, switching isn't that hard. But, like, when you looked at the play, you could see, like, okay, so the rule was probably – like size, we're going to switch Any screening action. That's what we're going to do. But you didn't account for drew holiday being absolutely incredible because when the screen was getting set, he didn't get hit. Like he was able to avoid it because like Eric Bledsoe before him, he's very good at avoiding screens. So then all of a sudden you're in a spot where, okay, well, there was a screening action, but you didn't actually get screened. So Am, am I, are we switching are we not switching and you, you know like you kind of have to figure out all this stuff and, and i think to me that's been what i find really interesting is that you can tell they are literally working through all of this each game and for for someone covering the team like this is fun right like to to see that they're doing new things and making adjustments that's great. Like if the Bucks lose games, like they've lost games for the last two years, you know, I, it's not that I don't have anything interesting to write about, but like, we've seen it before. We we know what it looks like. And this is like new stuff. And sure, you know, they gave up a bunch of threes against the Lakers, but they gave up those threes in different ways. And they played defense in different ways. So like, you know, some of the the main uh, you know, kind of trademark portions in ways that they lose still might be there, but like, Hey, they're losing in a different way. Um, and I, I just think to me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, it's just been fun to watch them do different things. Like it makes this job exciting and interesting again, to see them do these new and different things. And uh, Drew Holiday is a big part of that. They are like, just think of who we covered in the last week. Like it's unbelievable. Like Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, five of the ten, not five of the seven best offensive players in the league. Like I don't five of the five best offensive players in the league. Like I'm mean, you probably sneak Giannis in there, um, but like it's unreal and the, you're looking at all shapes and sizes and he just goes out and, and defends them and I really do think they're trying to figure out they're playing with this new toy and they're trying to figure out what the like all of the features like oh it has extendo arms that's cool oh it it talks that's cool too like it I just think they're they're really trying to figure out what Drew Holiday can do.
1: Yeah, it's that, that matchup against Brooklyn in particular, I think that's why I came away from that game. And certainly you'd love to see the Bucks get a win there and be able to close it out. But ultimately, I thought it was just a really, really exciting game of basketball to watch for those reasons that you're talking about, Eric. They were trying a bunch of different things on both ends of the floor. I know uh, offensively, there was a lot of talk about Giannis and the way he was utilized. And again, I think we're seeing that more and more Uh, And I know we're going to talk about Giannis a little bit later, but more and more they're using him in different ways, getting him touches in different spots in the floor. And I think that it's kind of hard to process how much time that's going to take to for them to perfect this. And I, I think sometimes we all become a little bit impatient and then we have to sit back and say, Oh wait, they're 10 and six in the season. There's only been 16 games with this brand new team, with this new offense. So I think sometimes, as you sort of said too, we've been spoiled a little bit and it's hard to to be patient about that. But uh, I want to talk about betonline.ag because you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. And last time I looked the nets were the favorite in the east but the bucks were right there behind them and then there was the two la teams in in the west so as far as what betonline.ag has there is four clear favorites in the nba at this point in the season despite some of the results we've seen in the last week but don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts And Stick around with Locked On Bucks this week because you may hear this man, Eric, on the podcast again tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be talking about Giannis. It's kind of what we just hinted to, some of the different ways that he's being used within this team. The the offense, we know Eric wrote that great story over at The Athletic that was actually spoken about again today uh, on the broadcast during the game. So we're going to talk about Giannis a little bit more on tomorrow's show, so make sure you check that out. But I honestly didn't have too many takeaways from this game tonight. It was one of those ones against the Hawks where you always felt that the Bucks were going to win. Clearly, the Hawks were shorthanded. But a couple of interesting Giannis things that happened during this game. First of all, uh, we thought, or certainly the broadcast thought, that he was called for an offensive foul uh, on an alley-oop play that he finished off. Uh, ultimately, that wasn't the case. But when they initially uh, made this call, there was only one thing I was thinking about, Eric. He's got to be
0: tossed out of here. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. I have not seen a violent act like that in years. Get him out. Unbelievable. (laughs) Bootenholzer in his face.
1: Oh, Eric, let's say that's why we will always love you for providing us with uh, that moment there. But that call was wiped away. I really just wanted to play that audio clip. The second thing that was kind of interesting was the Giannis free throw situation, which was kind of confusing. Again, as you know, it's it's difficult to sometimes figure out exactly what's happening when you aren't in the arena. Giannis uh, on the night uh, had a stock standard Giannis night, really 27 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists. He was nine for 15 from the free throw line. Uh, but he was called for a a 10-second violation It's late in the game and I think rightly called for a 10-second violation, by the way, but you asked him about it post-game and I don't think that you expected to get as long an answer as what he gave you on this, but he really went on about it and it seemed like he was kind of confused about the whole situation himself. Yeah, I mean,
0: and and it's like you said, this is such a weird experience not actually being in the arena covering basketball. Like, you you don't actually know what's going on. Um, but no, it looks like he got called for a 10 second. So, you know, I just asked, so I was like, did you actually get called for a 10 second? And he said, yeah. And then, you know, one thing that we've seen in the past is Giannis does take a long time at the free throw line. Um, always has, I mean... Jason Kidd was still the first was still the coach the first time he got one of those warnings and I remember one of the first like like one of the first stories I reported at the athletic was that like the league at or at at ESPN Wisconsin excuse me was that the league had actually talked to Giannis and said like yeah dude you gotta you gotta speed it up Um, so I mean this has been something he's done throughout his career Uh, but yeah I I honestly cannot believe how much detail he went into because my follow-up was just like, well, did you get like a warning first? And I'm going to read off this whole answer if you don't mind. Um, But he said, uh, I asked, did you actually get a warning? He said, yeah, I think so. They did. They told me to hurry up my routine, but it's kind of unfortunate because I don't know if it was a 10 seconds. I'm not going to complain about that. Maybe it was, but hearing other players go one, two, three, four, five, and influencing the refs to call it. That's the frustrating part. I'm trying to go through my routine and I can hear everybody behind me talking and yelling to the ref and there's nobody in the arena and that should not be happening. I think, There's like a rule that when you're on the free throw line, the other players, they cannot talk to you. They cannot count while you're going through your routine. If I think the ref called the 10 second violation. I don't know if it was, it probably was. It doesn't really matter to me. It's in the past. And I mean, I just, all of that is interesting to me, right? Like because we've heard this many times before, like there's like the first time it happened, there's a very famous, Uh, or I shouldn't say famous, it's something stupid and like very trivial, but like Terry Stotts is like sitting over on the sideline, like waving his hand, like he's a referee counting out the 10 seconds. Uh, And, you know, like players are on the line doing the same thing. And it's funny to me that I can only imagine what it's like in an empty arena. Like maybe in like a full arena, you could sort of hear someone counting, but you had to be able to hear Everything. Like you had to hear exactly who was counting at what pace they were counting. And like, I don't know. It's just like a really interesting thing to me. And obviously I think you would hope that it doesn't affect Giannis in any way. You, you would hope that this would just be like a ridiculous thing. And instead this was something that like actually bothered him, which if I'm playing against Giannis, you
1: i'm I counting that's exactly like what I, I was thinking, I was thinking. I'm, I'm
0: counting like the second the the second free throw he takes that night i am counting like uh, and I, I don't know it was just it, it was weird that he was as concerned about it
1: as, as he was i would i was shocked that he admitted that that he said that publicly because i was exactly thinking what you were not only if i was players would i be counting at the line every single time now because I mean, if you go back, I think Dean, uh, when I had in our uh, message, it was 16 seconds or something like that. So, I mean, it was clearly more than 10. And not only would the players be counting now, when they get fans, fans back at every road arena, I would just be counting if I was the crowd. I mean, he's just admitted that it really bothered him that that was happening. So, yeah, very bizarre, very bizarre answer uh, from Giannis. And I, I think overall, I don't think anyone wants to hear that's... Any little things like that could distract him at the line given, right. given what we've seen. And again, it was kind of strange that he would be called for a 10-second uh, violation there. And I guess I, I've just become so sort of numb to what's happening at the free throw line that it changes all the time that I don't take too much notice. But there was that stretch late in the season last year where he was only going five or six seconds and he really right. shortened it up and now he's gone back to the long routine. So I guess if you are someone that is really... Uh, anxious and on edge about Giannis free throw shooting probably probably not a great post game for you to tune into
0: yeah I mean hopefully Frank didn't hear that and doesn't listen to this episode
1: <laughs> yeah uh yeah let's let's just go ahead and say that we uh we hope Frank didn't but uh did you have any other final takeaways from this game here we like I said uh the Bucks just took care of business really uh, against a team that was pretty depleted and uh, and honestly, after losing two games in a row to two pretty high quality teams, they did what they had to do. They had to get bounced back and and pick up that win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought the biggest thing was Tory Craig. Um, uh, th- that's that's the thing that's going to stand out. It's always going to see Bobby Portis kind of get loose. Yeah. Um. You know, I think one thing that you would hope is that it starts to happen against better teams a little mm-hmm. bit more often. It feels like you know against those those teams a little bit higher up on the on the in the latter it's just like i don't know if he's maybe not quite as confident or in those moments he knows like hey this is a really good team i shouldn't be taking as many shots like cuz he's talked again and again about how much being on a winning team and like kind of what all of that means to him and to me it's not like a is he nervous or anything like that like bobby Porter's is going to shoot like he, he's going to go out there and try to score some points. I just wonder if sometimes in those games he's like, ah, you know, this seems really good. Like maybe I should try to find like a little bit better look or, you know, maybe not let it go quite as much. Um, and, and we'll see, like, they've only played so many, like a handful of good, like really good teams thus far. Um, so I'm curious to see kind of how that'll change as the year goes on.
1: Yeah, 47 points from the second unit tonight, and it's a good point you make. I mean, they only had 35 combined in that Brooklyn and Lakers game and also struggled in the season opener in Boston as well. So certainly against those better teams, the second unit hasn't, Uh, scored as much as they have in some of those other games. And while we've spoken about Bud tightening the rotation, extending minutes for the starters, and ultimately we know that when you get to the postseason, it has to be on your starters and it has to be on your star players. I will say even in those 10 to 15 minutes that those guys are going to get, even in the postseason, they are the type of talent, the type of skill set players that you're going to need them to score they can't be out there if they're not scoring that's what they were assigned to do the Bucks were were not shy about the fact that they were looking for scoring off the bench and shooting off the bench so uh, we'll see if they can pick that up in some of those big games that we've got coming up which uh, even though Toronto has been struggling to start the season they are a team that has uh, obviously had um, some pretty competitive games with the bucks in the past. And then the bucks will head to Tampa Bay in, in a couple of days. So the Tampa Bay Raptors, who would have thought, but anyway, uh, we probably should wrap this up here. I know you're going to be back on tomorrow's show. We're going to be talking about Giannis, but like I said, from the, from the start thousand episodes, I'm glad I could rope you back into, uh, to jump on the show because it is a ridiculous milestone to reach.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, I, you know, I think the nice thing is that uh, th- hopefully you get to a spot where you're like Giannis when he was informed that he passed Marcus Johnson <laughs> on the list uh, tonight. And, you know, I hope, you know, in many ways, I think Giannis just feels like, you know, I'm around long enough. I'm going to get some, some records and move up some lists. You know, eventually that should be you that, you know, another year from now, you're just gonna be like, yeah, you know, of course, of course, I've put up these type of numbers. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be here and I'm going to keep hosting. So hopefully, uh, you know, Lockdown Bucks has
1: a long, prosperous career. Well, the road to 2000 begins today. And uh, Eric, obviously, obviously you've been a star of this show for a long time. So I honestly do appreciate that. You know, that's obviously a great friend of mine as well. So appreciate you uh, coming back on, but so we'll leave it there for now. The Bucks beat the Hawks 129-115, 10 and six on the season with, the raptors coming up in a few days so for eric and myself we'll leave it there stay safe we'll speak to you guys tomorrow